Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Bubble Hawk. G'day, guys. Everybody's favourite drop beer wrangler, Bubble Hawk here from uh, the great southern land, Australia. Joining us from Monday morning. He's out there. Yeah, 8 a.m. Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Marge. What's up, Marge? That's right. Marge here uh, from the critically acclaimed podcast, Bite Me, the show about edibles coming at you from Canada. Nice. I'm, I've seen a, quite a few of the uh, the the edibles journal over the yes. social networks this week. Yes. If any of you haven't checked that out yet, you can find it on your local Amazon store. Just Very search for Bite Me, the edibles journal. Very nice. We have TG. What's up, TG? Oh, not much. I'm also from Canada. Uh, a little further west, Treaty Six Territory, aka Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, but the other way around. Um, not that it matters, but yeah, I'm here. I'm eating some banana bread, smoking some strawberry cough, and uh, getting into some dabs probably right away. Nice. Hope you're all doing well. But make sure we get to your news article early, then, T.J. <laughs> yeah, you don't good do idea. That for me, you just <laughs> drop me in it. <laughs> what are you saying, monkey? You good? Yeah, I'm good today, Mackie. Monkey down here in the southeast U.S. Uh, just enjoying pretty good, nice weather out here today. And uh, sucking on this little blunt right now, man. It's pretty nice. <laughs> just blunt. just nice. in a twisted say there in the chat, guess we can't complain about Mackie not being profesh when Bubble can't get the day right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just in... <laughs> this guy thinks it's Monday. What the... <laughs> You gotta lay yeah. off them dabs a little bit there, Bubble. God damn. Well, I know, I know, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the sun's coming up and everything, man. It's it's all upended over here. God damn. It also <laughs> sounds as if you're on the other side of the coin or something. Yeah. But it's that's apparently it. Super Bowl Sunday as well today, right? Anybody watching the oh, Super Bowl? Right. We'll be later yeah, on. Yeah. Hadn't started yet, so we're good. Who's playing? Uh two two different football teams. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do it. Come on now. God yeah, damn. God damn. Rihanna's doing the halftime show. I do know that. <laughs> oh, is it Rihanna? Did she it's still like, do music? Wow. I think it's the Chiefs and the Eagles, is it not? I have no oh. idea. I'm not a NFL fan at all. But... You're right. right. Yeah, it is. Okay. I was just messing with I heard on the radio. I mean, they all mess with Americans because we don't know anything about the World Cup in general. You know, so what the heck, you know? They don't know about Super Bowl. It's all good. But you know, Rihanna's worth like a billion now. She's extremely all? rich. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, it's not just music with her. She's got other brands, the Fenty Beauty uh, products and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Her, her makeup brand and shit. Got clothing brands, makeup brands, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how these performers get so rich, man. It's yeah, you know, I don't like her music too much, and I especially don't like the uh, the music videos she puts out. They're far too uh, what word am I looking for without sounding like I'm eighty years old? You know, she's far too promiscuous in those videos. Uh, <laughs> a little too salacious for you, Mackie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like have some fucking decorum, man. <laughs> I do sound eighty using fucking words like decorum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
God damn. But you you know, it's like you're supposed to be setting a good example to the children. That's not a good example. Please put some clothes on. Make it about the music and not about your lack of fucking clothes. God damn. God damn. I love Rihanna, man. When the stage is the way she is. Yeah. <laughs> like the clothes and everything, right? No, I don't know. She's cool. Rihanna's really cool. With that. Yeah. yeah, she's all right, but you know, as long as you know, my kids ain't watching her music videos. Then I don't mind so much, but goddamn, she's a big weed smoker too. Yeah, yeah, yeah she smokes shitloads of weed, doesn't she? Yeah. Get yeah. off my lawn. That's right, Sparky. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Yes, man. So, thanks for joining us, everybody. What's everybody smoking on today? What we got? What you got? Nice, Marge. Are you smoking on something nice? Something from TG, I assume. She's gone quiet. He's muted. She must have left us. Oh my god! You're right, you're right. I was muted. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> it was something from TG. You sent me a Maui. What was it? I don't know. I'm Maui. That's telling you know Maui. I don't have any. Yeah, you Maui. did. I thought Maui. You did. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> TG's just been looking for the fucking Maui for the last week. Like, what the fuck is that gone? Uh, where'd my Maui go? Send it to Marge. You send it to Marge, bro. Sorry, it was a lemon Thai Kush. You know. Yeah. Oh, close. <laughs> yeah. Sounds exactly like it, doesn't it? That, I can yeah. see how you got it mixed up there, Marsh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a nice it's plan. It's been a day. It's been a day. <laughs> Sweet. What about you, Bubble? What are you squishing this week? Uh, I've got some wedding cakes squished, ready to go. Um, what else have I got here? Oh, I've got some Pennywise I could squish as well. Um, I haven't squished it yet. I was thinking I might roll it into a dube. Yeah, I might do that. Start. I'll start. I'll start with a Pennywise, and I'll finish with some uh, with some wedding cake dabs. So, um, nice. I may, I I may uh, slowly descend into madness over the course of the podcast. <laughs> we got a bog tech in the chat that is smoking on some wedding cake as well. Nice, like twins, bro. Twins. Mm, nice. There you go. What you got, monkey? On the strawberry cough still. No, this is Godbud today. Uh, packed it into one of these uh, King Pong blunt wraps. Pretty nice smoke, though. Nice. Very relaxing. Uh, yeah, King Pong as well. You may be hearing more about those in the coming weeks, everybody. Stay tuned. Be. Stay we'll tuned. We'll have to find out, yes. Mm-hmm. What you got, TG? What are you having this week? Mm, I don't know. I'm still looking at my jars here, but seems like I have some of uh, this ganja wise is uh, Angola Red. Um it's like an emulsified micro diamond cream. So it's oh. quite quite delicious. It's full of terps, um, but little teeny, teeny THCA crystals kind of all mixed in it. And it's uh, very, very, very tasty. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And people wonder why I want to go to Canada so bad. But... <laughs> no. Because then TG can just send you weed, man. You know, so... <laughs> I, could, I could just go to the shops and get this type of weed as well. That's that's the point. You can't no, do this. That. Isn't available in the shop. This is illegal. This is exclusive. Oh, okay. okay, exclusive. Legacy market, motherfucker. Actually, these guys are are Northern Saskatchewan light dep growers that have been doing it for years. Um, ganja wise, very very good at their craft. Very very fucking good. Nice. Very cool. Too. Twisted got a mix of head punch and crystalline entity. Nice gorilla go. goddess from Brian with Bird of Prey. Haven't seen that one before. Yeah. Uh, smoking the last bit of White Widow. Ooh, nice bit oh, of outdoor White Widow there from Backblast. Nice, bro. Nice. What else we got? 
Uh, yeah, just ask TG what he doesn't have. That would be easier. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, there's a lot that I don't have, but uh, yeah, working on it, you know? <laughs> and Billy has got some lost the fucking label. You know what I'm saying? That that, that happens now and again. I, I've grown strains before, got to the end of the grow, and you know, you've lost the, the pot label and shit. You got no idea what it is. It's just a, it can be this strain or that strain. You smoke it anyway. It's all the, it's all good, man. It's all good. All your nose, man. <laughs> mm. yeah. It's weed. It's weed. So it's all good. It's all yeah. good. So of course, yeah, we, we are doing the cannabis news and events as we do. And then we'll go on to the grow guides, which we're talking about uh, storing cannabis seeds. Now this can be like your seed collection. Cause most growers nowadays have a small seed collection up to a large seed collection. And then there's some guys like TG who has like 5,000, seeds just stored up yeah yeah he's like he opens his front door coming back from the shop and shit and the seeds come pouring out and knock him over yeah. you know that kind of scene from the cartoons that's what it happens. sounds like a lot man but like honestly my like my collection fits in two little and we'll get into storage but two little ammo cases but i know some people that have like complete like freezer bag full of seeds and that's like like tens or hundreds of thousands wow seeds, you know they're small, so they don't take up that much space, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. they add up real fast. But yeah, um, I bet, man, I bet it's a lovely sight though to see that many seeds. It's very cool, and like collecting so many from so many different crosses, <laughs> strains, and stuff. You, they all vary. They're they're like you know fingerprints almost. They are. Yeah. So we got uh, Dave in the chat there, Mind Toker. He said, "I feed seeds to my pet bird. Got thousands. That's not how you store them, <laughs> Dave. That's not how it's done, bro." <laughs> That's one way. Yeah, I suppose, you know, it keeps them warm, you know. (laughs) So that's what we'll be talking about when we get to the grow guides in a bit. But we'll do the cannabis news and events first. Got some stuff to go over as we do. Uh, Yeah. So are we all ready for the cannabis news? Is there anything else to add here? Nice then, everybody. Roll up your shit. Get ready to get good and high. Let's talk about the news here. Don't forget to hit that like button like it was the first dab of the day. Let's do it. Yes, yes, and welcome to this week's Cannabis News and Events. So who wants to go first? Is there anybody who wants to jump in? They've got like something which they're eager to get off their chest here. And this is where we we always always have the silence there. It's very rare somebody goes, I'll do it. TG, let's get to you, because I know you're just hitting that dab right now. You've probably got your lungs full. No, I'm not quite there, so. Ooh. We caught you yeah. just in time then, bro. Caught you just in time. Yeah, that's okay. I'll, yeah. Um, sure, I'll go first. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, <laughs> Ryan just brought up in the chat there, just to go off on a quick tangent. There's some shit going on with Raw as well. It would have oh, been a yeah. good idea to cover that. We can uh, have a discussion about that in a bit as well. But, yeah, sorry, TG. You do that, and I'll get some news articles about Raw. Yeah, sure. Uh, mine is, like, if you're in Canada, you've probably are aware of this one i don't know how you can't be this is a big story on uh, february 9th so this was three days ago friday i guess um canopy growth closing tweeds smith falls facility laying off 800 workers is the title of the article and it comes from Stratcan. um Canopy Growth has announced they are laying off 800 workers and will be closing their flagship facility at the former hershey factory in smith's falls 
The layoffs will represent 35% of the company's workforce. 40% of the cuts will be immediate, while the rest will take place over the course of the coming months. Former Hershey's Chocolate Factory at 1 Hershey Drive in Smith's Falls was an iconic symbol of cannabis and cannabis legalization in Canada, formerly under the Tweed banner. The company says it will move to an, quote, asset light, asset light model, end quote, and will also cease cannabis flower production from Smith's Falls to its Mirabelle, Quebec facility. Canopy will also move to a third-party sourcing model for cannabis beverages, edibles, vapes, and extracts. Canopy must reach profitability to achieve our ambition of long-term North American cannabis market leadership. So <laughs> yeah. That's how they sound it. as well. That was yeah, perfect yeah. accent. That was. I'm pretty sure that's what. Uh, <laughs> that's the right way to sound. Yeah, Officer David Klein said in news release, "We are transforming our Canadian business to an asset light asset light model and significantly reducing the overall size of our organization. These changes are difficult." but necessary to drive our business to profitability and growth. So <laughs> that's what he said. Uh, Canopy's recent quarterly report showed a net revenue of $101 million in quarter three, which declined 28% versus quarter three of the previous year. Uh, the company claims the decrease is primarily due to increased competition in the Canadian adult use cannabis market. The divestiture of their C3 cannabinoid compound company, GMBH, a decline in their U.S.-based CBD business and a softer performance from assets, stores in Bickle, and this works. The company hopes these cost-cutting measures will reduce annual expenses by $140 to $160 million over the next 12 months. And one thing I should add about this is uh, what they didn't mention is they're no longer receiving government subsidies, uh, which they were also using to boost their, uh, you know, uh, profit you know, uh, reports, I guess, to say they were making more than they were, but they were really just taking stuff like COVID relief measures and stuff and incorporating mm -hmm. that into their, you know, Matt Lammers has covered this very, very deeply. I definitely recommend uh, checking his, he's a huge threat on it on Twitter. Um, this is from Stratcan, another good uh, Canadian news source. But yeah, basically a lot of it comes from the fact that they're not receiving any more subsidized taxpayer money from, from the government. Um, and also with, uh, with what they mentioned with the increased competition and stuff, but this is a complete fucking bullshit that, uh, that canopy has been allowed to do this for so long, you know, because yeah, it's crooked, man. Obviously got with, friends in the government, mate. That's the only way this shit gets done. Yeah. Well, they were one of the first and the biggest and they had the deepest pockets. Right. Mm -hmm. And what they've done over the years is they've sold they, Like they've never made a profit really. I'm not like, don't quote me on that, but it, it's pretty sure that I don't think they've ever pulled a green fucking year. And, well, uh, on paper, at least, right? Yeah, on, yeah, paper, on paper, you know, they just have to give all of their profits to some other company that's in like uh, Madagascar or one of those islands that have no yeah. tax, you know. What I'm well, saying? and they they pay their fucking it's like executives crazy too. But what the, the most sinister thing about this shit is like, you know, we're four years in, and what this company and other companies like Aurora and Tilray and all these big bastards have done is they've sold cannabis at a loss for as long as they've been companies forcing other companies like these craft mom and pop shops that are trying to fucking make ends meet obeying all the regs being taxed out the asses mm -hmm. um, and meanwhile they still have they have to sell it basically at the same price as these big huge corporations because how do you compete with like a four dollar gram mm -hmm. when the company selling it is they like it's it's known they're they're not making money on it but 
of course, everyone's going to buy that, you know, so you as a little small company also have to sell it and take a loss, but mm -hmm. you can't handle that because you don't have millions of dollars in investment money to waste. Yeah. So it's like, it's fucked over so many people. And I mean, this was inevitable, but uh, I hope that, you know, rising from the ashes of these fucking bullshit over like the stock bros basically cut comes a, a profitable and and like good craft industry that we were all expecting in the first place but uh yeah what do you guys think of that shit yeah i, I think, think it was to be expected oh. sorry marge <laughs> no, i was just saying i think it sucks in a way because like you said td they're just sort of fucking around and now 800 people are out of out of work yeah and yeah that's, no, uh, that's huge too yeah for sure yeah that's a lot of people that are now going to be looking for jobs and the only jobs that seem to really be available right now are like if you want to you know work minimum wage somewhere or something like that yeah yeah, yeah it's fuckery man fuckery. Yeah. and this this is the uh, only the first company to do it right i'm sure there's going to be more uh cannabis would... companies that are similar to this that are going to be doing the same thing pretty soon I would think you're right. Aurora just posted a $67 million first quarter loss in their most recent press release. How uh, yeah. do you know how much they were given from uh, when you know during the the C word when they were going through all that? Were they getting all that relief from the government? Do you know how much mm -hmm. they were given? Can anybody remember? Because uh, they were probably would have made loss last year as well, but they were given the government subsidies, which kept them afloat. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely have been, you know, playing the system. And it's not mm -hmm. completely their fault. Like, it is their fault because they're unethical douchebags that chose to do it. But it's also the system's fault that was designed this way, mm -hmm. you know, to have this even be a thing to fucking do. So mm -hmm. this is what you get for selling low quality cannabis at a stupid price. You know what I'm saying? They should just leave it to the mom and pop stores and just they should have pretty much just supported the legacy market and got got the legacy market into the official stream of businesses and everything would have been fine. But they just fucked with it too much, man. They just didn't ask any of the right people what mm -hmm. or how to do this or and then when when things got going, none of the right people were actively, you know, involved in anything that uh yeah, and like maybe there's a bit of teeny bit of consulting, but I've heard terrible stories of, you know, like people from legacy market that have done this for 30 or 40 years. Reader Steven is, is an example, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I know he's done some consulting stuff, but there's a reason he's he's not in Canada doing it right now and he's elsewhere in the world. It's because Canada is just like fucking out to lunch and they don't listen to anybody mm -hmm. that knows mm -hmm. what they're talking about, so... That's it. So though it does sometimes sound like Canada is the promised land for cannabis right now, it's not always the case. Is it? There is still a lot of issues over there. Yeah, it is. There's like it's definitely maturing. There's mm -hmm. good stuff out there. It's just few and far between, and it's hard to find because of you know a small producer can't supply all of Canada in every store in every province. Like that's crazy. So um, we just need more of of good small producers everywhere. So hopefully that'll come. Yeah, and hopefully those 800 people have lost their jobs as well. Hopefully they can find, you know, more jobs that they enjoy doing and they won't be left yeah. on their ass, man. So good luck to those guys. Mm -hmm. It's a shame that all the smaller people are the ones that always get fucked over when shit like this happens. I'm sure the guys at the top will already be fine in their huge houses with their huge bank accounts and their yachts and shit, and everybody else is fucked. That's just the way yeah. it is. Are you seeing this sort of shit going on um, in the States as it stands now, Monkey? 
as the way, like, is it the same sort of thing? It's sort of leaning more towards these big guys just um, flooding the market and, and pricing other. It all it depends upon what state you're talking about. Uh, there's a recent situation in Oklahoma to where one of the large producers was pushed out of the market by the mom and pop shops because they could not produce the quality that was required. So recently in that situation, it went the other way in Oklahoma, but you do see a lot of large producers in, in, in states like uh, California that are, you know, these massive uh, corporation situations producing weed and really not, not doing their research like they're supposed to be doing. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Some states, Oregon has got a pretty good um, uh, craft market out there as well. But they, I mean, it, all the states do have, large corporations producing, you know, average mids out there, but just some states have more of a craft market than others. And like I said, it was really good that Oklahoma pushed back one. So that was mm. really nice. Because that just, that just seems to be for everywhere that is going legal, that just seems to be the fear from, um, from the, the cannabis community is that that's the way it's going to go. Um, yeah. Because that's, that's the way the government makes the most money. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's where, everybody's sort of sitting back and going, well, you know, yes, I want it, but I don't want that model. I, right. I want it to be this model. And it's kind of, uh, well, you can have it, but this is how we're going to do it sort of thing. That's, that's where it gets a little bit, a little, a little bit more gray areas that we don't really hear about. Mm -hmm. You know, once, once it, you know, every, everybody's kicking and screaming for legalization, but it's got to be done the right way. And obviously what's happening now in Canada and, um, and, and it's just certain degrees in the States, I suppose, is showing that it can't just be their way or the highway because it causes more issues at the, in the long run. The legacy but, market will prevail. Yeah, yeah the situation over like in Arkansas, though, recently, Bubble Hawk, though, where that, they, those people saw the proposed legalization as being flawed, so they actually voted it down, saying, nope, you got to do better than this, try again. And it was actually over there and in, in, in the situation was actually organized by uh, pro-cannabis people saying that this is not the law we want. We need to get this one down and try again. Mm -hmm. There was a big yeah. movement for Prop 64 before that went through in California from all the, the you know, the small scale growers up in Mendo and, and yeah. Humboldt stuff because they're fucked right now. Mm -hmm. All the corporations have just there, you know, there's too much money and you can't compete. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah big companies with lots of money come in and they dump a lot of cannabis at low prices and push everybody out the market. Then, you know, then they have the market control and, and they can control the prices how they want to. And so yeah. unfortunately it's the way freeing up a free enterprise works, but it's not always the best for us as consumers. Because mm -hmm. yeah, the so, way, the way, sorry, no, you're right. I just uh, was saying if Mon Monkey wants to move on to his article here while he's got the mic. Sure. We can do that. Let's go ahead and move on. Um, see right here. Okay, uh, ban on cannabis users owning guns is unconstitutional. U.S. judge rules. Yes, yes. Well, we're getting pulling our Second <laughs> Amendment rights back. This is something I had talked about before because, yeah, anytime that you purchase a firearm in the states, there is an application that you have to fill out. It's Federal Form Number Four Four Seven Three, and Line Twenty One, uh, uh, sub sub uh, item G Twenty One G is. Are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressants, wow. narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? But specifically, it says marijuana. Then 
uh, after California went uh, and started with the medical stuff like that, they added this other line in there that is also still on the form today. It says, warning, the use or possession of marijuana remains unlawful under federal law, regardless of whether it has been legalized or decriminalized for medicinal or recreational purposes in the state where you reside. So with all of this stuff there, they're basically saying that you, if, if you want to own a gun, you're not supposed to have anything to do with weed. So now a new judge says that that's not the way it is because a federal law prohibiting cannabis users from possessing firearms is unconstitutional, according to a federal judge in Oklahoma. He cited it last week uh, using a Supreme Court ruling that recently expanded gun rights for gun owners. The U.S. District Judge Patrick Wyrick is an appointee of the Republican President Donald Trump in Oklahoma City. On Friday, he dismissed an indictment against a man charged in August with violating that ban, saying it had infringed on his rights under uh, to bear arms under the U.S. Constitution's Second Amendment. Wyrick said that while the government can protect the public from dangerous people possessing guns, he argued that, Je that Jared Harrison's mere status of use of cannabis Justify, did not justify stripping him of his fundamental right to own a firearm. He said he was using marijuana was not in and of itself violent, forceful, or a threatening act, and that noted that Oklahoma is one of a number of states where the drug is still illegal under federal law, but can be legally bought for medical uses. The mere use of cannabis carries none of the characteristics that the nation's history and tradition of firearms regulation supports, Wyrick wrote. Laura Deskin, a public defender representing Harrison, said the ruling was a step in the right direction for a large number of Americans who deserve the right to bear arms and protect their homes just like any other American. They called marijuana the most commonly used illegal drug at the federal level. Mm -hmm. Well, it is it, at the federal level, it is illegal. That, that is the whole perplexing situation of the U.S. right there. You know? mm -hmm. The U.S. Department of Justice did not respond for the request to comment, but is likely to appeal. The decision marked the latest instance in a court declaring a gun regulation unconstitutional after the Supreme Court's 6-3 conservative majority in June that ruled Second Amendment protects a, a person's right to carry a handgun for public and self-defense. That ruling, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, announced a new test for assessing firearm laws saying restrictions must be consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. On Thursday, a New Orleans-based Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals cited that decision in declaring unconstitutional a federal law barring people under domestic violence restraining order from owning firearms. So where to go with this thing? Basically, yeah, well, what they're saying, where, basically what they're saying is now by this ruling, at least now today, that you can still own a firearm if you do use cannabis, as long as it's not of the addictive quality, you know, one of those <laughs> things. Like so how do you, how do you decide whether well, you're an addict, you know, oh, no, it's under control. I really don't know how that goes there. So I guess you have, since they can't prove an addiction on it, everybody is now can legally own a firearm. Yeah, the same rules apply to addictive uh, pain medication and things like that, opioids. Yeah, it would technically, you know, and I've always thought about that too. And these things, I've filled out many of these applications over the years, and I've seen this specifically stay down there, marijuana. Do you use illegal substances such as marijuana? It doesn't say such as heroin. It says marijuana. Mm. Thing. Hmm. 
So, yeah, and this was also brought up recently by the state of Florida. It was also trying to file a lawsuit. Uh, a, I think it was a district attorney somewhere in Florida was trying to file a lawsuit in, in uh, favor of the medical users in Florida, saying that, that it was uh, in, unconstitutional to bar them from gun, gun ownership simply because they were using a medicine. So it's one of those situations. If we would go and have this uh, rescheduling of this, then it would become a, a uh, not a dangerous substance, but a, a, a controlled substance, and then this would go away. But of course, we don't really want just a rescheduling. We we, we want a complete descheduling is what we mm -hmm, really want. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have no no reason in the world to know why a uh, anybody who uses cannabis responsibly and is not high while you're doing it should shouldn't be able to own and operate a firearm. You know. Yeah, it seems strange, man. Now, because if you're an alcoholic, you're probably still allowed to own uh, sure, weapons. Yeah, that's what crossed my mind, too. And what, I would, are there rules around that? No, it just said uh, if you're addicted to any substance. You know, the, the, the right. thing is pretty vague there, but it's specifically that the form specifically says marijuana on the form, but it doesn't, doesn't ask you about are you addicted to alcohol or anything like that. You know, good point. But no, wow. it, you can, you can <laughs> hate to put it this way, but you can be a stone cold drunk and still go out and buy a firearm. Which is See, crazy. I'm, I'm, but you can't be I'm, a stone cold drunk. You, you, you got to be sober <laughs> while you're buying it. You, 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 you can't be stoned. <laughs> got it. But yeah, you can, you can, as long as you're sober when you go buy it or, or the person thinks you're sober when you're buying it, you're, you're fine at that point then. But, you know, I always say that firearms, any kind of a, a intoxicating substance be it cannabis or alcohol don't belong with with guns you know if you can if you can operate a firearm you need to be completely uh conscious and have mm -hmm. all your faculties mm -hmm. about you completely that's right man not in a state where your emotions can easily go a bit squiff yeah and you know and that's the one thing about cannabis that was said i don't know too many people who smoke weed and get violent i mean i've mm -hmm. imagined that they do exist somewhere somebody would probably correct me on that but in most cases when people consume cannabis, it chills them out. It makes them very agreeable and, and not violent. You know, you usually talk out your differences when you smoke weed a lot of times. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't always work that way with alcohol. Alcohol can flare tempers up. And, and I'm, I know too many guys that first thing they do is uh, after they have one or two beers in them to say, man, I really feel like fighting right now. Why? Why do you want to <laughs> fight? Are you mad at somebody? You just feel like fighting, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I really don't get that. As long as they're both willing participants, then, you know, I'll watch it. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But I don't want to be any part of it, though. But yeah, you know what I mean? the alcohol puts him into a rage, but he can own a gun. It's OK. You know? <laughs> yeah. See, we're, we're too much, too much smart asses down here because that question's way too broad. What are you addicted to? You'd get some strange <laughs> fucking answers, man. <laughs> Well, like even just sitting here, I'd be writing, I'm addicted to fruit mince pies or something like that. You know, just... And coffee. You know, if, if people don't and have coffee, coffee yeah. for the whole day, they end up with headaches. You know, they're getting the shakes and shit from not like, drinking a coffee in the morning. It happens, man. Coffee is an addictive mm. substance, too. Does that mean you're not allowed to carry a firearm if you're addicted to coffee? Well, that's yeah. true, because it does say down here, marijuana or any depressant or stimulant narcotic drug or any other controlled substance so, yeah they put stimulants and depressants down there so and that alcohol, tobacco right because nicotine tobacco, is a stimulant right it mm. is the uh, coffee yeah we keep on going in there what about energy mm. drinks throw those in there too just for fun 
Yeah. I think they left this vague for a reason, bro. <laughs> well, of course they did. Uh, this this was no doubt put in there with the war on drugs in mind, trying to, to put some more teeth behind the, the whole thing back in the day, because this, mm -hmm. this this was added back in there in this, in the uh, latter part of the 60s. This this questionnaire was put in there about the drugs. So there you go. At least now we know that we have one one victory. Um, I do fully expect that the Department of Justice now has to make a ruling on this. So at a federal level, probably within the next couple of years, we'll have a final ruling on this. But I hope, hope on hope, that before the federal ruling comes out, marijuana is is legal and we won't have to have a ruling. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I used to think it was right around the corner, but these days, looking at the political climate... Man, it's like, it's like a drug dealer, mate. It's always just around the corner. It's just 15 mm -hmm. minutes away, isn't it? 15, 15 minutes 15 around minutes. the corner, bro. <laughs> Coming to tight. you now, fam. That's right. It'll all be legal next month. Mm -hmm. It'll just always be that. legal next month. That's it, man. So this is a good victory, though. I mean, at least this yeah. gives a, it gives a people who use weed responsibly some some grounds to stand on. You know, and I've, one of the things I've always fought was trying to get a medical permit because of this. Um, I am a firearm owner and, and um, I use cannabis responsibly, but I didn't want to go there and, and try and get my medical thing. And and then later on be asked about, well, you've got your medical per uh, permit here now. Where are your guns? I didn't want to wow. go there. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. You can take my guns from my cold, dead hands. Now, I know. Just roll up your sleeves and be like, right here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I know of nobody that this has happened to yet, but I, I did not want to be in that gray area. So mm, yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Yeah, but I, no, I, I'm not that guy, TG. I'm not going to sit there. You can take my guns. No, no. No, I know. I'm not that guy either, but it's funny. Everything's in slow man. motion. Yeah. Jumping behind the yeah. sofa, like sofas stop bullets, you know? Yeah, really, like the, like the walls of the house even stop bullets, <laughs> You know, what the fuck, what man? Where am I going to hide? Where am I going to hide? I mean, you're shooting the miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but um, it is uh, definitely a good ruling, man. It's good to see that cannabis users are not going to be persecuted in that way. Yeah, it should be. As long as people are, are using cannabis in a responsible manner, I don't think it, it should affect mm -hmm. your personal mm -hmm. life in this way at all. Absolutely. Same thing, you know, we talked about driving an automobile. Same thing with a firearm. You know, as long as as long as you're in the proper condition to operate that firearm or that automobile, you should be all right. Mm -hmm. You know, the difference between use and abuse. Indeed. So we have one from March, which is quite interesting. Yes, I thought, uh, I thought this was interesting. This one comes from Stratcan, and researchers have found aroma, not THC, determines quality and subjective effect of cannabis. So I'll go through this, and perhaps we can discuss what you all think. A study out of Oregon argues that aroma, rather than THC, is the most important factor when it comes to quality cannabis. I agree. <laughs> well, it may not be <laughs> what you think, though. The research paper recently published in Psychoactives, an international access journal on psychoactive substances, used cannabis samples from Oregon's regulated cannabis supply chain taken from a state cannabis competition called the Cultivation Classic. Lab analysis comparing the results of the contest, as well as lab testing, was completed by researchers not affiliated with the competition, giving them a chance to evaluate the subjective reported effects relative to each flower samples, chemotype, and aroma. 
what the paper discovered was that THC potency and terpene levels were less of a determining factor in pleasant subjective effects than the aroma of the cannabis. Researchers argue that, find, that such findings can have wide-reaching public health implications, given the well-established health risks of THC overuse. What I found pretty interesting about this is I think most of us here would probably agree that, you know, THC potency has been this long held belief that the higher, more potent it is, the better. Um, and we would probably all say, well, poo poo that idea, if you will. Exactly. And then there's more <laughs> terpenes that were probably, you know, driving those effects, but they're saying it's the aroma of the cannabis, which I guess is related to terpenes, but I don't know what, what do you all think? Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's the smell that starts it off, you know, you Mm, that smells like some good shit, you know. Right. By right. all means, it's it's by all means the smell of it, you know. When I, when you open a bag or open a jar, when I'm when I've been in dispensaries and they open that one pound jar, you know, one of the ones you can still go cafe style, and you can smell it from across the counter. That's definitely a turn on for me. I don't right. even ask questions about what's what what potency it is at that mm -hmm, point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would say that most people, I I would agree with that. The nose knows, as they say. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, the article continues that interestingly, although terpenes and uh, terpenoids drive such aromas, researchers found that just as with THC, there is no direct correlation with the reported terpene level and subjective experience. So I don't know about in the States, but in Canada, a lot of the licensed producers are starting to put per terpene percentages and terpene profiles on, mm. on the labels. So nice. you might... Limonene will be like 3% or something like that. But what they're saying here, if I'm reading this correctly, is that those per terpene percentages really don't have much to do with the subjective experience of the cannabis that you're smoking. You know, I've always thought that because most most cannabis is like myrcene dominant. Here in Canada, mm -hmm. pharnacine, I think, is like the latest trend. You, you usually find a lot of beta-caryophylline. A lot of like, there's there's a few that are very common, but... Like for me, I, like sometimes a little goes a really long way, right? And some of those really rare, like just speaking completely uh, of terpenes only, some of those really rare, like ones that are only appear in very small quantities, maybe have a huge effect on the overall sensory experience. Because not only you can't say that, like, okay, this is one cultivar is dominant in limonene, myrcene, and caryophylline, so it's going to smell like this, right? Everybody kind of has different ways of interpreting those smells mm -hmm. and and again the top three terpenes really don't tell you very much about what the overall profile of the cannabis is going to be i don't think in terms of the like the subjective i guess affair maybe not even subjective but the effect that you're going to receive from it because well, I agree with you, TG. I feel like the, the effects are subjective, right? Because it might affect me differently than it affects yeah. you. And how I interpret that aroma is going to be different than the way you might interpret it. Yeah. Now, I always like to quote, and like Breeder Steve, again, to bring him up, um, he, he had a, a riff on this. I can't exactly remember what he said, but it was basically THC is the volume while terpenes, but maybe more appropriately, you know, all everything that contributes to that olfactory profile. So thiols, esters, alcohols, all the different things, you know, even, even some of the, the phyto compounds that normally may be associated with smells per se, but like gives you that kind of grassy smell of the plant or something, everything combined into that wonderful, like, you know, magnum opus of us of one single smell. Um, that's, 
that makes sense that it determines the experience i think because yeah you, you like what you like and yeah. when you smell something you like you probably have something you have a better experience with it's it. it's right? like pasta on its own is shit but if you put it all together with some like meat and tomatoes and make lasagna out of it that's yeah exactly shit. you know yeah. they each taste pretty good on their own but when they're combined it's just like you know mm -hmm. some greater than the parts sort of thing right yeah and i think that's what these researchers are finding so the article continues saying given the consumer drive for high thc products and the subsequent demand uh subsequent demand pressure for such products from provincial buyers in canada Combined with public health officials concerned with negative health impacts that can be associated with people consuming large quantities of THC, such findings could also point to a need for distributors and retailers to focus more on other distinguishing factors to determine quality. So once again, it's not about high THC products, which consumers are still looking for. It's way more nuanced than that. Mm -hmm. And I think we would all agree that when you open up, for instance, that jar of lemon tree and it just resonates with you and you love that smell, that that's, that's what's going to get you high. You know, I don't even look at the THC content of weed anymore. It's, it's like mm. it, if it's got 10%, it doesn't really matter. I'll smoke two spliffs. It's cool. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. As long as it tastes good and enjoy that, that flavor, especially in the mighty, you know, that man, mm -hmm. flavor is so fucking important. The mm -hmm. high is like a secondary bonus to the delicious flavor of some of these strains of cannabis we have out there nowadays, man. Yeah. Mm -mm. If there's one thing mm -hmm. I could, it could convince people who go into the dispensary for the first time, if there's one thing I could tell them is don't worry about the percentage of TAC. It's all right. about the smell, all about the experiences and the flavors. Forget that number. It's not important the first time you go in. Mm-mm. So they also talked a little bit about how they did this research, but they say here instead, so they, they got into that a little bit, the strongest contribution to positive responses from the volunteer judges was related, was related to pleasant subjective aroma. Surprisingly, like THC, levels of terpenes were not directly correlated to experiential appeal. Flower samples with higher total terpene content based on lab results were not considered by participating volunteer judges to be more subjectively appealing. So I just thought that was pretty interesting too. So uh, something with a really high terpene percentage isn't necessarily going to be what, what resonates with somebody. It's again, For it's sure. all about that aroma. And you're exactly right because that's what the market is trending towards now. You know, you hear of all of these like 6% plus terpene levels and stuff. And it's like, is that, like you said, is that even good? Like, we don't know. <laughs> these researchers are saying not necessarily. And it's interesting because it's almost like these uh, legal markets are trying to find some way to like put a number on things. And maybe cannabis is more nuanced than that. And that would be also nice. Like if we could go back to being able to see and smell the cannabis before you buy it, because you can't do that in Canada on the legal market. It's all packaged. Yeah. And you know, but instead they're now they're like, well, it's all about terpene. So we can just slap a number on there and say it's 6%. People will be like, Ooh, that's really great. And then they'll buy that, but that's not necessarily going to be what's the, what they're going to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Imagine yeah, if we I'm started doing you. something like that with wine, trying to put all the terpenes and smells on it. Yeah. Just, right. You know, we yeah. couldn't, you can't really accurately do that. And that would illustrate real, real quickly that it's the blend of the terpenes that's more important than how much of, of the terpenes you have. Probably. Also, just one quick thing too: those terpene levels—that's pre-packaging pre too, right? Like mm -hmm. this is before it sits in a warehouse for who knows how long, and probably right. what you put in your jar isn't actually what's on the label, um, mm -hmm. because terpenes are very volatile. A, a lot of them. 
So, yeah. Well, don't those plastic containers that they ship that stuff in in Canada, doesn't that absorb some of the terpenes? Uh, Probably. I can't see how they're that good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know, fucking... I know what the answer pretty much was. Everybody talks horrible about those things. Everybody I've talked to that buys that stuff. And, and those think, think about Think about a gram, like most gram, like one gram in a pill bottle, even in a, in a typical pill bottle, it's going to bounce around and shit. Mm-hmm. And it knocks off all of those resin, you know, the glands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it breaks some mm-hmm. of them and liberates everything that's inside. So, yeah, like those plastic things are shit. There's lots of bags now, which maybe is better, but. Some of the, some companies do do glass jars, but I'm sure that they're at a bit of a disadvantage because they're so much heavier to ship and all the rest of that stuff. But mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Yeah, I have a glass, a couple of glass jars here, actually. Yeah. They're really nice, but uh, still, yeah, I don't I just, think the seal's very good. So Right. I just wanted to note a couple more interesting things in this article before we can move on, but researchers also noted that the subjective experience of the volunteers differed depending on the mode of consumption, such as joint, water pipe, dried flower, vape. It also noted a small but statistically significant interaction between biological sex and THC potency with male volunteers reporting slightly more enjoyment of high THC cannabis samples than females. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, researchers also found that volunteers reported more subjective appeal than younger volunteers, or older volunteers reported more subjective appeal than younger ones. People aged 40 and older reported significantly higher subjective enjoyment scores than those under 40, and those aid volunteers aged 60 and older reported higher subjective appeal scores than any other age group, which I also thought was interesting because they say the older you get, like once you're getting into that 60 years and older, probably that sometimes your sense of smell can start to decline. Um, Those who consumed less of each sample also reported higher levels of subjective enjoyment. So those were all kind of interesting points that they, they made note of in this research as well. Man, just to me, this is just showing the more we try and quantify, um, you know, weed with X, Y, Z numbers is going to give you ABC effect or whatever, the more we show that it's complete bullshit. And it's, it's really just individual. And, you know, like not so dog says, grow what you like, grow what you like and breed what you like, not what everybody else likes, but what you fucking like, because mm-hmm. ultimately it's different for everybody. Yeah. Uh, just, just, so which is yeah. what makes it endlessly fascinating too, because it is so different and trying to like narrow it down to small categories, like, you know, it's got this much THC or this many terpenes or whatever is, is kind of trying to narrow it down or pigeonhole it too much. Seems, yeah, a bit antithesis to the whole experience. Right. I don't know. But well, everyone, everyone perceives it differently too. You know, like if you, if I open a jar, and it smells like roadkill. And I go, yeah. 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 Like I'm, I'm into meat. that. <laughs> and and then other people that open a jar and get flashback to that time they accidentally ran over the neighbor's cat. Like it's <laughs> you never, <laughs> you know, it, you can never really know. It's all subjective. So right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a fun that's why weed's so fun, you know, because there's like how many different kinds of weed and like, you know, keep growing different stuff and and searching and you never know. You're, you're, well, I do know you will find something you will like. Mm. If you keep... Like that fucking lemon tree, man. I love that lemon yeah. tree. You yeah. all know I love that lemon tree. 
Because I really, like... Mackie, tell me about lemon tree, Mackie. It's this this fucking delicious, ridiculously delicious strain, man. <laughs> Never come across anything like it before, and I've I've come across a lot of fucking weed, man. <laughs> but this one, this one, mm, it's just different, man. It's, it's something just magical about that fucking lemon tree strain. There you go. Incredible shit. Mm, 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 mm. Sponsored by Barney's Farm. Sponsored by Barney's Farm. <laughs> yeah, I would say go bye, 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 but it looks like they don't have any lemon tree seeds. That's shit. what happens when we start talking about them, man. People start buying those things. Yeah, who bought them all up, man? And anybody got some? Let me know. Hit me up, man. Contact me. <laughs> <laughs> I need some lemon tree beans, motherfuckers. You took them all. You got selfish. You know, it's that Phil Bushman says that lemon tree is the shit. You know what I'm saying? Everybody who has gone out and grown this lemon tree uh, as a result of listening to it on the show has always come back and been like, damn, that's the <laughs> shit. Yeah, incredible strain. Anyway, Bobby, do you want to hit your news article while we're here? Sure. Uh, where are we? So I actually had, there, there was a, a big week for cannabis as a whole in Australia with different things going on and, and things like that. But I, I went a little bit different this week. I, I found uh, this actually did come up uh, last week, but I didn't have a chance to, to pull up an article. So uh, this one is uh, medical MDMA and psilocybin will soon be legal in Australia, but how accessible will they be? Mm. Uh, so the Therapeutic Goods Administration announced on Friday that from the 1st of July 2023, the uh, medical use of MDMA and psilocybin will be rescheduled from Schedule 9, Prohibited mm. Substance, to Schedule 8, Controlled Medicines. Uh, authorised psychiatrists... Schedule 8? Be, yeah, Schedule yeah. 8. How many schedules you have got out there? What the fuck? All of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we have all the schedules. Yeah, it. we got all the schedules, bro. <laughs> all, all of them, bro. Um, yeah, so I mean, at the so basically, what they're saying is that they'll it, it'll then go into the same schedule that they have uh, medicinal cannabis in. Uh, so authorized psychiatrists will be able to prescribe these substances for those with treatment resistant depression or PTSD. All other uses of the substances will remain in Schedule Nine. Uh, great news for people with acute mental illness and those who have been campaigning for the ch schedule change in for years. Chairman of Mind Medicine Australia, Peter Hunt, said on Friday he was delighted with the decision, which will be welcomed by so many suffering Australians. The decision specifically recognises the current lack of options for patients with specific treatment-resistant mental illnesses and the supporting evidence of safety and efficacy from clinical trials, Hunt said. But if you're hoping to get a prescription, you may have to wait a while. Boo. Um, yeah. So MDMA... And psilocybin are unregistered substances in Australia. So although medical use under some circumstances will soon be legal, access to them will be highly restricted. Uh, before treatment is permitted for a patient, their psychiatrist must become an authorised prescriber. To do so, they must obtain an uh, endorsement from a human research ethics committee or a specialist college, as well as the TGA. Uh, they have to prove they have sufficient processes and expertise to ensure the drug can be used safely and effectively as a mental health treatment. Uh, the TGA said the onus and opportunity will be with a prospective prescriber of the substances to devise and provide evidence of a suitable treatment protocol to the HREC and authorising TGA officer. Uh, so this means if your regular psychiatrist really wants to give you a script, it's not as simple as that. Um, where are we? So it's pretty much Re what they've done here in the UK with cannabis. It's like, yeah, you can have it, but you can't have it. God, pretty much, yeah. 
Um, although, you know, <laughs> this was supposedly how it was supposed to go with uh, with cannabis as well. And the next minute, uh, every man and his dog's able to go and jump online and send in a, uh, a little form to to a uh, online prescriber in the next minute they get some bottles dropped at their door it only costs them about a thousand dollars a month uh, we won't get into that because that's a whole other argument that uh, that'll get me on a rant yeah don't do it bro um, don't do it yeah. <laughs> so reese cohen a medical cannabis industry expert and an advisory board member of the university of sydney's lambert initiative predicts accessibility to medical mdma and psilocybin will be similar to the early years of legalized medical cannabis in australia uh, Cohen said after it was downgraded from a Schedule 9 to 8 substance in 2016, it was common for patients and prescribers to be waiting weeks or months for an official decision on whether they could access medical cannabis. Damn. It took several years for the friction to be reduced, and I can imagine similar issues emerging with psychedelics, Cohen told Vice. In terms of accessibility, I think it will still be quite challenging for psychiatrists to get authorised prescriber status for these drugs. Uh, Cohen said the authorised prescriber scheme allowed for additional safeguards and oversight on the use of these substances because they were newer and less studied than many other pharmaceuticals. Considering how new this field is, I think it's more likely there will be quite a long considered dialogue between psychiatrists and relevant agencies about negotiating the terms under which access may be permitted, he said. Uh, since medical cannabis was legalised, access has become much easier in recent years thanks to lobbying and advocacy of patient groups. But Cohen said the same may not happen with MDMA and psilocybin because of community and political positions and perceptions of the drugs. It's safe to assume that the average Australian is more cautious of psychedelics because far few people have used, people have used them compared to wheat. Mm -hmm. uh, Cohen also said it would be hard to balance different perspectives on the medical use of these substances due to the nature of the illnesses they'll treat. Consuming cannabis for pain relief for a cancer patient, for example, is much simpler for both patients and the community to understand compared to psychedelics for mental illnesses. Uh, we're talking about some of the most acutely unwell members of the community with profound psychiatric conditions who have often exhausted all other therapeutic options so I can definitely understand why people have such strong interest for this change and there'll be some heightened emotions during this debate, Cohen said. Uh, the rescheduling of MDMA and psilocybin is still tremendously good news, he said. It just might be a while before we start to see the effects of this reform. The Australian government has taken a really positive step in the right direction and instead of us having to wait ages for regulators to make up their own mind about, they've thrown it over to the psychiatric professions, which is quite pragmatic. <clears throat> pardon me um but this is just the beginning of the process so yeah i mean look great great news on one hand um and you know a little bit sad that it's going to be regulated as heavy as it is but i i also think that considering how it started with cannabis and how quickly we've got to where we are now it's probably going to follow the same run it's just um, crazy to see all this progress happening all over the world. And then in the UK, it's just like, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel, I do feel bad for you guys over there. Like it just, every time I see something going on over there, it just seems to be getting worse. Oh man. Worse. In so many ways, so many ways. It's, this is a completely different country to what it was five years ago. Never mind 10 years ago. Never mind 20 years ago. This is a completely different fucking island, man. This is madness. We won't get into that, you know. 
Lizzie Post would not approve. <laughs> we, we, had, <laughs> oh. we had an interview with Lizzie the other day, and, it, and we went off on like a, a couple of kind of rants about how she is in the UK. And she's like, Mackie, talk something. Talk, you're going <laughs> off again. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah um, I mean, I, it's bad. I think it's, I think it's great, though. I think that it's, um, you know, getting a little bit of acknowledgement that they can help and that we really haven't studied them mm -hmm. enough to understand how and why that's these are this is the sort of thing and i think cannabis helped start that movement um because without without the success that medicinal cannabis has had here this would never even have been discussed yeah. so yeah you know it's good I fucking think... news man it's a step in the right direction it might take a while for the the wheels to start turning and everybody get it but at least it's on the horizon you know it's coming you know there's mm. at least some sense being spoken by your government well well <laughs> yes but then there's some. but then then there's <laughs> other things that you just shake your head at so you know mm -hmm. you take the good with the bad i suppose mm -hmm. or the bad with the bad if you're in the uk no oh, good fucking the bad the bad with the significantly worse yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a beautiful country over here in the UK. Everything's going absolutely fucking fine. Ask ChatGPT, it will tell you. <laughs> so, speaking of the UK, we might as well segue onto my news article here, which is UK Treasury should unlock cannabis economic benefits, says CIC. I'm not even sure who the CIC is. The UK's Cannabis Industry Council, that's who the CIC is, is urging the economic treasury to unlock a very significant economic potential of medical cannabis, hemp and CBD well-being sectors. And uh, just read this first paragraph here. To achieve a two billion, that's with a B, boost to the economy, the CIC has called on the treasury to deliver a cross-government coordination of cannabis policy with responsibility currently split across eight departments. Fuck knows what that means. But this two, <laughs> this two billion boost is apparently just for medical cannabis. Just if they properly regulated the medical cannabis in the UK, it's a two billion boost to the economy. Now think of how many billions it is if they legalize this shit for adult use properly with consumption lounges and you know you can pop in there and buy any fucking strain you like hash oil flour whatever it is you like because you're an adult you know and you, you should be able to make these decisions for yourself imagine how much money could be poured into the uk and we wouldn't be complaining how much of a fucking dive it is right now now you can fix all them holes in the road you know, it's funny how we have to go and have these tests on our vehicles every year, the MOT test, to make sure that our vehicle is suitable to be on the road. But nobody's checking the fucking roads to make sure they are suitable for our vehicles to be on them. But I'm not going to get into that. The C <laughs> <laughs> I think the you already did. <laughs> you know, fucking yeah. <laughs> goddamn, man. Goddamn. No, it, it just it, I can't speak about the UK anymore without getting pissed off. It, it, it upsets me, man. You know, I used to love this country. Anyway, the CIC made the request with their formal submission to Chancellor RT Honorary Jeremy Hunt. I spelled his name wrong there. That's definitely supposed to be a C. MP <laughs> ahead of the budget scheduled for the 15th of March 2023. So maybe potentially, I mean, unlikely, but we can dream. We can think about rainbows and unicorns and shit and think that maybe on the 15th of March, something to do with cannabis will be put into the budget, but we'll, we'll see. 
We'll see. Mike Morgan Giles, CEO of the Cannabis Industry Council, commented, despite the economic opportunity for the UK, it appears no cross-government cross plan covered the potential of the cannabis sector has taken place. Additionally, there has not been any top-level view or analysis of how the regulatory environment is impacting the sector. The UK needs to seize the opportunity to lead the world in emerging economic markets and the medical cannabis, CBD and hemp sectors provide an unmissable opportunity to do that. You know, the UK used to be the biggest exporter of medical cannabis in the world. Uh, there is something about that in here as well, it, uh, somewhere in this fucking articles. I think it was in here as well. How uh, even though we used to export it all, we still import a shitload. I don't know. It's, it's all crooked, you know, because it's the UK. It's fucking crooked, you know. <laughs> The CIC, the CIC submission also highlighted some examples of the highly challenging commercial environment which businesses face, including that 100% of the medical cannabis products used in the UK are imported, despite the UK being the largest exporter of medical cannabis in the world. I don't have anything to say. I'm, I'm going to hold it in. The, ex <laughs> the existing license system for growing hemp within the home office being ill-suited to agricultural needs, leading to waste, lost income and unnecessary risks to farmers. The UK hemp industry being restricted by laws that mean they must destroy the economic economically valuable flowers which contain the CBD in the field. Uh, the treatment of medical cannabis by the Home Office is mirrored in bureaucracy and delay. It reminds me of the fat controller. You, you are causing confusion and delay, uh, uh. despite very reputable individuals and business being involved. The UK still following unnecessarily EU rules which stifle the industry, including the EU plant variety database and its linked subsidiary arrangements. Uh, government cannabis policy is currently split across the following departments, HM Treasury, the Home Office, the Department of Health and Social Care, the Department of Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, the Ministry of Justice, the Department for Business and Trade, the Department for Science, Innovation and Technology, and the Department for Energy and Security and Net Zero. It's just so much fucking bullshit. Uh, who's that in there? She's still doing better than us here in Ireland, Mackie. Yeah, I don't know about that, John. <laughs> uh, white paper produced in 2021 by Maple Tree Consultants with the support of Mackerel Solicitors. <laughs> what is shit name? Mackerel documented the unfavorable regulatory environment for cannabis businesses. The report recommendations are supported by the CIC. So I think uh, they want to try and push for some kind of legislation here in the UK uh, to make it easier for people to farm it and stuff. But I don't think there's going to be any major push forward with any kind of cannabis legislation for us normal people down here, you know, the, the people who actually use cannabis. I think this is just another load of bollocks to try and get the government more money because they don't give a fuck about yeah. us. They just care about themselves and their pockets and the pockets of their rich friends. Fuck everybody else. Yeah. And just justification of spending more taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at all them departments that uh, cannabis is controlled by. It's like just too much bureaucracy, man. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's like that. On, they, these people know exactly what they're doing. I mean, 
Yeah, don't blame on malice. That can be blamed on stupidity, all right? <laughs> but these motherfuckers, <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing. They have experts and they like putting together their 4D chess games so that they have everything planned out. They know exactly what the fuck is going on and they know what legalizing cannabis will do for their friends and their donors. And they just want to make money for themselves and their friends. And they don't care about the people who are sick. They don't care about the kids with epilepsy. They don't care about the people with cancer. They don't give a fuck about anybody but their friends and their fucking bank accounts. It's as simple as that, man. It's crooked as fuck here in the UK. We had one politician recently who accidentally, mistakenly set up a fucking offshore bank account where he accidentally, mistakenly moved shares from a company which he made millions in profit to this accidentally set up offshore bank account so he didn't have to pay any fucking tax. And he was one of the fucking prime minister's friends, man. It's, it's, it's so crooked here. It's it so fucking crooked. It was an accident. <laughs> obviously. I obviously. Happen. I yeah, it, I mean, obviously. Obviously. But if you, uh, it's like I accidentally dropped this seed into this soil in my back garden and it accidentally grew a fucking cannabis plant. You think <laughs> that's going to get me out of shit? God damn. Accidents happen, man. Yeah, maybe a bird dropped it. This country's so crooked. It's an absolute farce. It's disgusting. Fucking English government need to be ashamed of themselves, man. But they don't feel any shame because they don't have any fucking morals. Fuck them. Anyway, uh, we should have a quick talk about what's happened with Raw recently. TG, you know something about this, right? Raw rolling papers caught in a web of deceit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I just have been kind of reading what people have been posting on Twitter and stuff. But yeah, basically, you're uh, you're right. I, I actually have a news story up here. The um, Republic Brands obtains injunction. Federal court orders HBI, which is raw, uh, international to change its raw mm-hmm. organic hemp uh, paper packaging and promotions. Basically, they've been lying about a whole bunch of shit. Um, you want me to read the list? It's quite, it's not super long, but it's like, there's a, a few points here. Is your a news article from Canatech today? Is that the one you read? No, prnewswire.com. All right. It's called read the list. I've got a list of uh, shit here as well. So it's probably yeah. the same thing in it. I'll just, I'll, I'll just summarize quickly. But yeah, basically the big one and the big one for me is they've been the Raw Foundation. Their charitable organization is completely fabricated and, and not real. So when they say you're contributing to the Raw Foundation, blah, 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 that's that's bullshit. Raw organic hemp uh, rolling papers are unrefined. Bullshit. Raw organic hemp uh, rolling papers made with natural hemp gum or that used uh, adhesive used in raw is made from or contains hemp. Bullshit. World's first only organic or organic hemp rolling paper. Bullshit. They're not actually made in Alcoy, Spain. Um, what else? You can't use that. The Alcoy Spain stamp, I guess, is a really big deal because that's the birthplace of rolling papers. So they have like a reputation, I guess, that they make really good papers or something. I'm not too sure on that. But yeah, Raw has been using it without their permission. And they don't actually make their papers in Spain, apparently. They're not powered by wind. Um, (laughs) The HBI or the guy Joshua Kesselman invented rolling paper pre-rolled cones. Bullshit. And this is a funny one because the comp or the other company OCB, they're the ones. Republic Brands is their parent brand that brought this to the the courts and stuff. And the last point is that OCB organic hemp papers are Ronobies copies or fake versions of raw. 
fucking Ronaby. <laughs> it's just so petty. Like, you, the guy's like, oh, you know. But no, they've been basically just lying about everything they've been putting on their packaging to uh, summarize. It's all bullshit. Ronaby. Yeah, OCB. I like OCB, man. I, I really do. I just bought a 300 more of their Ultimates. They're the thinnest mm -hmm. fucking papers I've ever smoked with to be honest and they're great um i smoke with raw too you know mm -hmm. but i guess all the shit on my rolling tray is all bullshit and yeah it's all bullshit <laughs> i don't buy based on those stamps anyway you know but like, I, I used to like raw because you get the roach card with fucking papers that there that was what i used to buy raw for it's because but there's loads of brands yeah. that do that now but i think yeah, raw I just, was one of the first to do it especially here in the uk yeah they're big. They have all kinds of stuff. And I, I, I buy their 300 packs of just the regular one and a quarters because it's like five bucks for 300 instead of five bucks for fucking 50. You know, so I just, because, you know, all those claims they were making were bullshit. Yeah. I'm looking on the back here. It does say made in Spain in Alcoy, the birthplace of rolling paper. Bullshit. Made in Spain. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Vegan. Bullshit. <laughs> Wind power. So bullshit. Wild. But, you know, yeah, look, yeah. let me just fucking take an interjection here, right? That look how pissed off everybody has got for these few little lies that Aurora's told, but our governments just lie like fuck and we just carry on as if everything's fine. That's because you can sue Raw. You can't sue the government because <laughs> every yeah. time someone tries, they just get fucking locked up anyway. Mm -hmm. Or they <laughs> change the fucking rules to make it harder to protest. Or they change <laughs> yeah. the rules to make it more difficult to strike. Or they change the rules to make it more difficult to vote. Vote. All of this has happened in the UK recently. It's it's shocking. It's and oh, we yeah. just do nothing about it, man. Uh, I feel yeah. myself going on a rant. I'm not going to do it. Stay calm today. Stay calm. What do you? What? Do you, what have you got in your in your bowl to smoke today, Mackie? I don't have anything. Oh, that maybe that's it. The missus has some, but I don't know what it is. It's street weed, and you know, you know, I don't like street weed. So that's just the way it is. Just the way it is. But yeah, fucking. Yeah, that's an interesting one, though. I mean, they did make a lot of claims, and it's not like I did. I remember posting a thing on Twitter like months ago on because I have my lighter. It says you have personally saved tens of thousands of lives through the raw foundation. I was like, Oh, by buying this fucking 50 cent lighter. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't say what kind of lives that could be talking no, about fruit yeah. flies or something, mate, you know, True. microbes, man, microbes. True. Yeah. Microbes. Right. Like billions of lives. <laughs> that's it, you man. Know? But man, that's a huge claim to make. Uh, <laughs> so but again, I never bought because of that, you know, I just, cause it's like, that was the cheapest thing. Cause raw is fucking, Cheap. But how many people did buy raw Maybe. products because they're making these claims or they're yeah, thinking true. they're like helping true. to donate to charity or whatever? I'm sure lots of people did. The vegan one, I don't know if that one, they didn't mention that in the article, but like <laughs> the vegan, vegan rolling paper. Yeah. Like, well, they used to talk about like the nasty glues that could be in the, you know, the sticky part yeah. or like the actual paper itself. What are you smoking? Because they, they claim they had like the, all the unbleached stuff and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. I used to make that yeah. joke in the shop, man. I'd go buy the organic hemp or the raw ones, you know, the raw organics. And I'd be like, the organic one, please, because I'm a health conscious smoker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get a grip, man. Just give me whatever fucking papers. I don't care. Shit. But yeah, yeah so yeah, well, lots yeah. of shady shit going on here, man. So we'll we'll watch this as it evolves and see what happens. But for now, everybody, it seems as if you want to be avoiding raw. And luckily, there's a lot of different brands out there to choose from. 
You, know, you can even go to seed banks nowadays and get papers from them. Seedsmen have their own papers, which are good. Dutch Passions papers are really fucking nice, man. But I, I, they must use a lot of bleach or something because they're so white, so, such clean papers. I do like Dutch Passions papers a lot. But there's a, a lot of good papers out there, man. So find something you like yeah. and roll with there's it. There's tons. And if you buy something, anything else, you won't be contributing to some guy driving some stupid Ferrari. Because mm-hmm. I feel like every time I open up Instagram, that's, I don't know, you just, does he not should... have a Ferrari or some kind of like crazy sports car? Uh, Which dude? Uh, the raw guy. Oh, maybe. He's, he I don't know, he's kind of a goofy guy, or at least the guy that everybody knows that goes around and does shit. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I haven't seen his Instagram in a long time. I had to unfollow him, but. Yeah, probably you're right, though. <laughs> <laughs> I should mention, too. But maybe that was the first sign. If, you, if anyone is actually interested in avoiding raw for for these reasons, um, elements DLX skunk pay play and juicy J's are also under the same uh, umbrella corporation as raw, which oh, is really? HBI. So any of those brands are also uh, involved. Oh, cool. Yep. All right, so that's all of the news. I mean, there's plenty more news out there. Amsterdam are stopping people from smoking outside in the red light district, which has always been a rule. So I didn't think that was really news that we should be bringing up because it's just more bullshit from Amsterdam. But there is more news, and we'll cover more news next week. So uh, we do have some forum news here as well. The uh, Grow Guide series, you know, because we have been doing the Grow Guide series for over a year now. This is episode 54 of Grow Guides, which you're just about to go into. Uh, but I'm putting them all up on YouTube as videos so you can watch them on YouTube as a series on like episode 11 or something like that. But I'm going to be putting the whole 50 up with the amount that we have right now. And they'll be premiered every day. Just uh, keep an eye on the YouTube channel and it will say that there's a live stream. It's not actually live. It's just old episodes being played as a premiere. And there's chat and stuff. Lots of people have been enjoying the videos that have been going up. So if you see it, come and join us in the chat and just uh, listen to one of the old episodes and shit. There's lots of them to go up. Once I've done all the Grow Guides, I'll start putting up some interviews as well. So lots of content coming. Uh, Big news about HLG. I'm not sure we mentioned this on last week's show. No, we didn't because the interview was on Monday. The uh, discussion, the meeting was on Monday anyway. Uh, HLG, the light sponsor, you know, the guys from... HLG, um, they sponsor Percy's Grow Room, our Cannabis Growers Forum. They are back for another year of sponsorship over at Percy's, and they've given us a shitload of epic lights to give away over the next year. Uh, so every month uh, until next year, like we've got 13 lights to give away altogether, I think. And some of them are fucking epic as well. You know, the real big ones, we've got small ones, big ones, the whole across the whole range, we're giving away loads of shit. And this month, uh, for February, we have the heads or tails competition. That's and we're giving away the HLG 300L B spec, which is a light that is used specifically for vegging cannabis plants. Go and check it out. It's a real nice light, man, and that can be used in a four by four for the footprint. It's it's a fucking epic light for veg. Check it out. You can win that over at Percy's Grow Room, but you have to be a member of the forum before that competition started and you have to have more than 50 posts. So if you want to take part in the future competitions, there's going to be similar limits on entry like that. So come and sign up to the forum, uh, get involved now, you know, get your posts up and then you'll be able to enter next week's competition, next month's competition, sorry, where you can win a, I think it's a 350. I'm not too sure, but it's another epic light. They're all epic lights, man. So um, that'll be going on for the rest of the year as well. So lots of chances to win 
good lights for your grow as well. Epic HLG lights, some of the best on the market. So if you want to get involved in the competitions, get over to Percy's Grow Room, get involved. Do it now. Don't, don't wait till the entry's open. It'll be too late mm-hmm. then. Join now. And we have a specialist month. Joining Percy's is absolutely free this month. That's right. No, pro- no, <laughs> no fee this month only, only just this month. And then for the rest of the months of the year, it's going to be 100 million yen to come and sign up. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how much. I've got to really check up on what the currency is between one and yen and shit. Cause I say this, and maybe it'll be rupees next month. 7 million <laughs> rupees. Yeah, mm-hmm. so get up and get over on Percy's and sign up while it's still free throughout February. Because when okay. when March starts, then the next competition goes up. You might be like, "Oh, I like the sound of that light," but it will be limited to. I'm not going to put the competition up and then have loads of people come flocking in. Like, oh, I want to try win that light. You know, if you're already a member of the forum before that competition starts, you won't be able to join that competition. But you're always able to join next month's competition. So get over to the forum now and sign up and get your posts up and shit. Get involved in the community if you want a chance to win some of these epic lights from HLG. Come and say hello. Sorry? Just come and say hello. That's right, man. You'll love it there. If you enjoy the podcast, you'll enjoy it over at Percy's because that's where we all are. That's where we all like hang out in the daytimes and shit in between shows. So come and join us. day jobs, yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, and just quickly, interviews this week. We have Madam Cannoli joining us on Thursday. That's it for this week, isn't it? Because it's Valentine's Day. We don't really want to do anything on Tuesdays, not only because we have things to do on Valentine's Day, but we encourage you to go and do something with your other half if you have one as well, everybody. Cool. Even if it's just Netflix and chill. No, <laughs> You've also got Hook on the 18th. That's right. Hook on the 18th. That's right, on a Saturday. Yes, thanks for reminding us. And that's going to be an early one for the UK and a late one for the Australian guys for a change. But anyway, 420 approaches quickly. So we'll go to the interval and um, chill out for five minutes before we go into the grow guys. You know what I'm saying? Sweet. Nice. And there we go, everybody. That was this week's cannabis news and events. There's one piece of news that I forgot to add, though, and that is we hit one third of a million downloads this week. That's 333,000 downloads. That's a crazy number that we never expected to reach. So just want to say thank you to you right now hearing this. You want to say thank you for downloading this episode and thank you for all the downloads you've done in the past as well we obviously wouldn't be here on these numbers if it wasn't for you guys who are there every week downloading the show and who are consistently supporting us in that way so thank you very much for downloading and listening to the show every week and even if this is your first episode and this is the first time you've listened to the show thank you for downloading and listening to the show we massively appreciate every single one of you guys don't forget that so just thank you thank you very much again I hope you enjoyed this episode. We have the Grow Guide on Friday, which is all about how to store cannabis seeds. And we have an interview on Wednesday. I haven't decided which one to put out yet. We have a few good ones in the queue. So I'll decide over the next couple of days and then put it out to you. So it'll be a surprise on Wednesday. So keep an eye out for that. Also, go and check out the Graham Hancock interview if you haven't done that yet. And of course, sign up to percysgrowroom.com so you can get involved in these HLG competitions that are coming up. It'll be great to see you over there. So have a good week. Stay high, stay safe, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks again, man. Goodbye.